are listening to the Climate Alarm Clock podcast. To wrap up this season, we're going to find out a little bit about greenwashing and joining me to discuss the issue is Tom Spencer, who runs the website irishevs.com. It started as a consumer advice website and is now a hub for climate information. In February of this year, Irish EVs ran a greenwashing awards event on their Twitter account. I started off by asking him exactly what greenwashing is. So I think greenwashing, boiled down to its basic essence, is the idea of suggesting that a corporation or a product is is doing something green, but not in reality. You know, it is setting out that this product or this company is is doing something that its competitors aren't, and you should spend your money with them um, over the competitor or the other product. Yeah. It, <laughs> For me, the biggest problem is that greenwashing really plays on the desire of people to be more sustainable. And frankly, the majority of us have very little time really to to go out and sort of think about this. If you're running your kids from school to a sports club and you're having to stop and fill up with fuel on the way and you see this fuel is climate neutral, you think, great, I'm doing my bit. It might be a bit more money for me, but I'm doing my bit. And that's a real problem for me. And at the moment, we don't really have any legislation to protect against this. And it's really exposing um, the people of Ireland to, to corporations or products that are making claims that they just can't back up. I think offsetting is the perfect example of greenwashing. So to go back to that, that idea of this carbon neutral fuel again, because it's, it's one that uh, came about in September 2020. It was something that immediately grabbed me as how can a fossil fuel be carbon neutral? So I looked at it, and, and ultimately they're saying we're offsetting. Um, having dug into a little bit more, because this is something that really has become a passion for me. Irish TV started as a consumer advice website, and we've spent a lot of time looking at greenwashing particularly. Now, in this particular instance, with this particular fuel provider, when you look at the blue, when you look at the small print, what they're saying is we are offsetting the emissions that are created when you put it in your car. So from the, the second that the pump um, stops delivering fuel to the car to the next time you fill up. Now, that's not offsetting the emissions from ex- exploring for oil, for drilling for oil, for uh, transporting it for refinery, to refining it or to delivering it to you, which is a huge amount of emissions to even get that fuel to you. And then actually looking at the offsetting itself, firstly, we simply don't have enough land in Ireland to offset the emissions that we're already creating. You know, the IPCC reports have been incredibly clear. We need to cut emissions. It isn't about sustaining the amount that we have. We need to cut consumption and cut emissions. These offsetting programs are designed to maintain emissions at current levels. And even then, the native trees, while this one focused on native trees, but many of them don't, it would take around 30 years or 35 years for some of these trees to reach maturity and absorb enough carbon that these companies are claiming. We don't have the time for that. We we simply don't have time to be delaying emissions capture for 30 odd years. And that's hugely troubling to me. Plus these carbon neutral fuels that I'm referring to are premium. So you and I are paying more at the pump. We are lining the pockets of a corporation that is pretending to be green. And ultimately there is no benefit other than that company making more money. And even then we see that, I think it was 2017, European Commission said offsetting projects cannot be counted against national targets for emissions reductions because we've seen that these these offsetting projects just don't work. And simultaneously, we're also seeing that carbon capture, which has been hugely funded by the fossil fuel industry, (laughs) doesn't work. In some cases, they're emitting more emissions 
than if they didn't exist in the first place. So it's it's really troubling. Yeah, and I suppose the so to be really clear on offsetting, the idea with offsetting is whatever emissions you put into the atmosphere, you then take out by planting trees or whatever. And and when you think about it, logic, you know, when you think about it initially, that seems to make sense. Well, I put in this amount, I take out that amount, so I'm not having I'm not having any impact. But that's not really the way the planet works. So I think of it more like offsetting is, you know, if you have a if you have a vase, um, and you break the vase and then glue it back together. Um, that's kind of a better a better example for for offsetting because you're doing damage. There's <laughs> a lot of work to fix the vase, and even when the vase is fixed, it's not as good as it once was. And then absolutely, and then carbon capture and storage. That's you break the vase and you have to glue it back together, and the glue hasn't even been invented yet. <laughs> that's. Uh, <laughs> And on top, we're also seeing, uh, I'm hesitant to call them wildfires because so often they are human-caused fires, but we're seeing a, a massive rise in the number of fires that are destroying forests. So even if you are planting these carbon-offsetting forests, they only work if they survive. You know, they might burn down <laughs> as the climate crisis worsens. So they are not a strategy short-term or long-term at all. Yeah, not only not only that, but we're, I mean, we not even fires we see in Ireland. You know, we've seen landslides where trees have been planted in the wrong place and heavy rain has come and has, has wiped them away. And even while they were standing, they, they, were, uh, they weren't doing any good to anything anyways. Um, so to come back then to greenwashing, can you tell us a bit about the greenwashing awards that you, uh, that you had on your social media platforms in February what what were they why did you do it and and who were the winners <laughs> I mean uh, I'm laughing but ultimately it was sort of an act of desperation we don't have any laws about greenwashing here and we have very ineffective or very untransparent regulating bodies that that act on behalf of the advertising industry so really, it was a desperate attempt to say, look, look how big the problem is. We need to address this. And also, to some extent, to try and inject some humour into the conversation about the climate crisis, because I think often we end up having quite dry and humourless conversations because it is such a terrifying subject. And I think that can be off-putting to some people that they they feel, you know, they want a bit of crack in life. Life's hard enough, you know, especially at the moment. You know, we're seeing this war in Ukraine. We're seeing rising cost of living. Life's tough. People want to have a bit of a laugh. So... The idea was to be a bit satirical, to congratulate those companies who've really gone above and beyond to sort of um, mislead people in the last year. Um, so came up with the idea a couple of weeks before and tried to put together some graphics that looked like an actual awards ceremony and tried to write some script that would um, sound like we were doing a proper presentation. Um, this is something that if it goes well and if there isn't if there aren't too many legal implications um i would like to do every year because until we have legislation to protect people it's a huge problem so looking at the kind of awards winners that we had um you know, one of them would be rte you know last july we saw uh, an apology from john williams the head of um, current affairs there who said rte isn't doing its bit and they sort of blamed you know lack of funding and financial problems but we still see that they have a huge number of people who are covering entertainment or sport. We just don't see them covering the climate crisis. And even when they are covering the climate crisis, 
they're ignoring aspects elsewhere. So we've seen stories like um, Ryanair is to expand its flight schedule this year, and there's not a single mention of the relationship between the aviation industry and emissions. And that's a big problem for me. Um, we saw companies like Apple Green, who I've banged on about the, the carbon offsetting and the carbon neutral fuels. Um, and then there are the, the one that I suppose is the most interesting to me is the Irish Car Carbon Reduction Alliance. We gave them a Lifetime Achievement Award. Um, I think as with all organisations that have a very benign name, <laughs> it's hiding something more sinister. So the Irish Car Carbon Reduction Alliance, ICRA, is comprised of uh, the car dealerships across Ireland. They represent the vast majority of them. They have been lobbying the government to delay emissions regulations to 2040. Now, their suggestion is we simply can't meet the 1 million EVs target for 2030. So really, we shouldn't bother. What we should do is focus on 2040 and make sure that we're getting 2040 right. Um, that is a huge problem for me, because these are the people that are selling you and I cars. They are the people that when you go into a showroom and say, oh, I think I'm interested in this, could you tell me more? they're the ones telling you to go and buy a hybrid, ultimately because buying an internal combustion engine or a hybrid vehicle is more cost-effective for the manufacturer so they can increase their profit margin for an extra decade. Um, so, yeah, there we go. I switched very quickly from laughing about it to being quite serious about yeah. it. And I think that was that was the aim of the awards, is to show this is a really serious issue. And um, hopefully on the one hand, make more people aware of greenwashing, make people have a bit more of a critical mind when they see these things and, and stop and take stock of, of what they're being told. And the other thing is to say, we need legislation on this. We need yeah. TDs to go and fight for this. Yeah, yeah. And it's it's on such a scale. So many RTE shows are sponsored by car by car companies or by or by the agri industry. Um and I won't name names, but but talking to producers of um, drive time shows, particularly all of the drive time shows are sponsored by one car manufacturer or another. When I have tried to discuss issues around the climate crisis or electric vehicles, uh, there is very strict editorial control about what can be said and, and whether that might be at odds with commercial relationships. And I think a very good one you know, to focus on from the Greenwash Awards as well as Toyota Um Toyota has been a hugely popular brand in Ireland for years. It's, it's constantly had sort of some of the most high-selling models. They have been the ones who've really driven this idea of self-charging hybrids and hybrids in general. They've also put out a lot of fuds, so fear, uncertainty, and doubt around um, hydrogen. Oh, you shouldn't bother with an electric car because hydrogen is the way to go, even though we know it's incredibly difficult to produce hydrogen. It's really expensive. It's expensive to buy the cars. But one of the reasons we gave them a greenwashing award as well is because they've gone from that sort of perhaps more benign side of things. As you're saying, there's a knowledge of things and then there's an active pursuit of misleading. They're also passing off opinion as fact. So there was a survey that went out which said, who is the brand that you think is most active on the climate crisis in Ireland? Now, Toyota put out a press release because they apparently came back as the brand who are most active. But but it is opinion and not fact, and yet yeah, yeah, being yeah. portrayed very much as fact. And they've also paid UCD to undertake a study um, of hybrid vehicles. Now, they had seven cars over seven days, which to me is 
less scientific than a shampoo advert where it says, you know, 95% of 110 women said their hair was shinier. Mm. Seven cars over seven days is not a scientific, scientifically sound basis for any data. And yet they've used that to go out and, and extrapolate it. Now, talking to the yeah. scientists at UCD who undertook it, they said, we were very clear about the parameters of this. We were very honest about, um, you know, this was only relevant to the vehicles that were being used in Dublin over the seven-day period. And yet, if you look at the Toyota press release, they talk about, this shows across Ireland our hybrids can do X, Y, and Z. So I, I, I hopefully that shows how rife it is. And it is troubling sort of how prominent greenwashing has become. I think it's become quite predatory, to be honest. That was Tom Spencer, and if you liked what you heard from him, be sure to check out irishevs.com or follow them on Twitter at irishevs. And that is it from Season 2 of The Climate Alarm Clock. We have a couple of recordings that didn't make it into this season that will be released in the next couple of months. So make sure you've subscribed to us wherever you listen and to follow us on Twitter at The Climate Alarm and on Instagram and Facebook at Climate Alarm Clock. Thank you so much to all our guests and collaborators this season. Cara Carney from the Book of Leaves podcast, Kaylee Crossan from greennews.ie, Niall Hatch and Ricky Whelan from Birdwatch Ireland. A special thanks to fellow hosts Anna Pringle and Kira Daly and our sound engineer, producer and composer of the show's music, Robert Cotter. And finally, a massive thank you to all our listeners for tuning in every week and spreading the word. Until next season, goodbye.